everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, I can speak to you for just a moment. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Easy now. Back it up, back it up. I go away from people. I don't go near people. I don't chit-chat. Right now, our best defense has been social distancing. It's so distancing. You should start distancing yourself. Distancing myself? You know what? You're right. It is distancing. We're your social distancing morning show. So, back off six feet and enjoy this show. The weekend. For the weekend. Stop taking work home on the weekends. What's next? It's a new era. Keep listening to find out. Saturday. 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 Thanks for listening to Kim. Canton's place for news and talk. Let's go have some fun. We like to have fun. We're entertainers. That's what we do. Okay, the show's about to start. Let's get ready. Let's start the show. Showtime. On News Talk 1480, WHBC. Good morning. It's Saturday morning, 47, 48 degrees. And it's nice and sunny outside. The leaves look beautiful. It's Saturday morning here on WHBC, and in the studio with us today is Pam Cook. Hello, Pam. <laughs> I told you I was just sneaking in to say hi. I'm glad you're here. You are. We are now fellow uh, neighbors, fellow North Canton residents. We are. We are. Yeah. I've been. How there do you like it, in North Canton? How long have you been there? Since July. Do you have a lot of leaves in the in yeah, the yard? Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Yes. This leaf pickup stuff. Yes, leaf pickup leaf pickup i think the big question is is how do you get the leaves from the grass from the lawn into the bag that's a good question mm-hmm. David. and i've <laughs> had you know a anybody? lot of experience with that <laughs> yes hire somebody i have so many leaves <laughs> do you i have really? enormous trees in my yard and um no we're going to tackle that today we're going to go get the bags the paper bags, the free bags the free bags and uh tackle some of that today this weekend because it's going to be a beautiful weekend it's a beautiful weekend outside it's nice and sunny Mm -hmm. you know who we're going to have on the program this morning who ernie bicycle shop ernie bicycle shop he's got three bicycle shops in stark county and they've ran out of bicycles to sell my goodness from the pandemic Mm -hmm. right yeah my gosh isn't that crazy they sold out all the bikes and uh and now they're just bringing in bikes people are having them repaired but bernie has ernie has a motto he says that go for a ride and everything will be okay. Isn't that nice? That's cool. That's a, There's really a lot of people nice. ride bikes. You know, I, everybody I always I talk to says, oh, you're in North Canton. That's a great walking community, which mm-hmm. is true. People are walking constantly, riding bikes, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And Well, you got all those Stark Park trails. And even just around the neighborhood. I mean, yes. you know, I could be sitting out on my patio and there's people walking and walking. And, it's, and I walk. I walk very frequently. So I like it. I like it. Walking a lot. is beautiful. great. It's beautiful Walking is great, great exercise. Yeah, it's fun. Plus, it's good mental. It's a good mental stress reliever. Yeah, it's just reliever. good to get out. You know, movement. Mm-hmm. Movement is get a good thing. Get my brain thing. away from everything for a <laughs> half minute. You know. Right, and then you stop in here in the morning, and I'm like, Pam, come on in. Yeah, I just came to do the news, and then he says, Come on in and talk to me for a little bit. Yes, so it's here. nice having you. So, how many years have you been here at WHBC? Yeah, a lot. Uh, Thirty-two. 32 years. <laughs> 32 John's years. Laughing. John's, John's laughing. laughing. Why is John? No, he's laughing because I said a lot. Um, yeah, let me see. February. John's not even 32 years old. I know. 
It's true. We were. Ta- I was talking yesterday um, to our general manager, Larry Gothrop, mm-hmm. about bringing my son, Jordan, in here uh, when he was like three years old. And, you know, he was running around. And three so, years old. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, February. Uh, it'll be 20, It'll be 33 years. 33 years. In February. So how did you get started? In, in radio? Mm-hmm. Oh what brought gosh. you? What brought you to I this? I didn't realize this was going to be an interrogation. An interrogation. No. <laughs> um, well, actually, I went to Ohio University. I'm a Bobcat. Yes. A Bobcat. Go Bobcats! And um, I went back home to Pittsburgh and uh, got a job with the Hyatt Hotels um, in their marketing department because that's all I really. Could. I was trying to find a, a job in you know, right. my, my career path, but needed to pay the bills. And you studied communications there? Yes. And so my mom um, did a temporary, she ran a temporary employment agency and I did a lot of different uh, jobs for her. And a person that I met through that knew a guy who owned a radio station in Shelby, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And he was, long story short, I got a job in Bucyrus um, oh. doing news there. Doing news on the radio. And um, was doing news on the radio that was in 1984, and then I was promoted to news director over there. Okay. Um, and then this jo- a nighttime news slot came open here at WHBC. And that was, a, that was a big move. Yeah, because, you know, this radio station had six full-time news people. Wow. Six full-time news people when I came here right. uh, in 1989. And so I was the nighttime news person. Three to midnight I worked. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you were out there digging up stories? Oh, Yeah. Absolutely. Reporting on the news. Yep. And a lot has changed in radio since then. Uh, an un- unbelievable amount. A lot has changed in life. In, in everything. In everything. The way we cover things. And some of it is uh, very hard to stomach these days, mm-hmm. the way the media is treated. Yes. Um, it's very hard to stomach. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, cable news has ruined a lot, but has helped a lot. It's good right. to be able to have that. But it's also bad because because the need to have 24-hour news has created... You know, right. some not good things. Um, but it uh, does hurt me in my profession when I hear people, the fake news stuff, and I hear people saying, you know, that the uh, mainstream media and all that kind of crap to right. me. Right, right. Um, because there are people who are out there working hard and verifying sources and not doing things, making things up. They're they're truly getting uh, information and, and doing it the right way. They're still doing the job the right way. You know, what's interesting, don't, don't you find that, when you're at a local level, when you're serving people at a local level, whether it's on the radio or whether you're an elected official, the closer you are to the people, yeah, you know, the, yeah. the easier it is for the truth to be apparent. Absolutely, it's way different. It's like and a, I like I am so that's one of the things, David. It's funny you would say that because I think that's one of the things for me that I am. I mean, I have had opportunities to be whatever, go wherever, do whatever, um, and I've always. You know, life happens. Mm-hmm. You have kids, you know, you like the school district, right. you don't want to leave, you know, just things happen in your life that you don't make decisions to go and do something else or whatever it might be. And But I've always enjoyed being in a community where I can affect people in the community. Yes. Yes. And I think that's probably, you know, why I still sit in the chair, you know, because I just, it, it is what I enjoy doing. And you know, I'm very proud of the reputation that this radio station has in its fairness and the things that it does, you mm-hmm. know, and so that's... Well, you make a good. difference. You've made a difference in the lives of a lot of people. I mean, every morning, 
driving yeah. to work. Yeah, and you don't you don't realize that sitting behind a microphone. Right. You don't realize it. I told you about a really mm-hmm. nice letter that I got from a lady, and boy, it just she said, I know that all people ever do is write to you or call you and complain. And and complain about programs and complain about stories or complain about things. But I just want you to know that I really appreciate what you do and that you, you know, come on and are the voice of calm and give us the information yes. we need. And I I can't t- I'm going to frame that because right. I can't tell you how much I appreciated it. I mean, that was that was just that was awesome. That well, was it makes a difference, awesome. you know, and, you know, like if you're out and you're speaking to a group, you know, when I was serving as the mayor and if you're talking to a group of 100 people, you can see their faces. You can see the feedback yeah. when yeah. you're on the radio you're just sitting there, like right now, you and I are talking, right. and and you and you get feedback from that. But if if not, you're you're sitting here in a, in a room, really by yourself with a microphone. Yeah, and so you don't. It's a it's a different style of communication. And it's true, people who enjoy what they're listening to or are are avid fans, they don't call you. They right. don't call you and tell you right. that. They just listen. They listen and they enjoy. Right. The people who are angry or mad or upset about something. That's who calls and tells you. So when you are on our side of it, that's um, sometimes is is all you hear. Right. You know, right. so it, that can be badgering. I mean, if you're sitting, if, imagine if you're at your your job, you know, down the street at uh, whatever restaurant or, you know, anything, you know, whatever your job is. Imagine mm-hmm. at your job, all you hear is the negativity. It's hard. That's hard right. to battle through. But you have to remember that there's a way, way bigger crowd of people who's enjoying it. Um, as opposed to the small amount of people who are not. Right. You know. You're right. Because, you know, it's just really, that's the nature of public service. It is. And we were talking about the election and how locally, um, you know, John and I were here on election night together, and it was, you know, our jaws were dropping. And there was one point in the election when it was, the results were, Jim Michaels was on the air reading results, and they changed in the middle because they mm-hmm. dumped in the absentee ballots mm-hmm. and some more of the uh, mail-in ballots and um and things changed and kind of went a little bit what i would say back to normal right um but then you know it was a down ballot situation we all knew it i talked told you i talked to janet creighton earlier this week and um by the way that interview can be found on whbc.com if you'd like to listen to it um, nice but uh you know she was saying that's you know this this is what happens and if you're in politics or if you're, you know, if you're public service, you know, David, you know firsthand. I mean, these things I've happen. I've won and I've lost. Right. Exactly. I've lost more than once. I've won more than once. And, you know, it's just like, uh, you know, I, I've always looked at it like this when, when I was serving as the mayor. You got three potential outcomes. You're either going to die in office, which I didn't, you know, I didn't want, don't, don't want that to happen. Um, or you're going to get, you're not going to run or you're going to get voted out. Yeah. And I didn't have a desire not to run because you enjoy serving people. Yeah. But in this case, you get voted out. It's like you lick your wounds and you move on. That's right. And the next person takes over and Absolutely. you find another way to serve. Absolutely. That's, because yep. it's like yep. if you if you don't want to lose, do nothing. Then and that's right. Do then nothing. Don't, be in don't office risk you, yeah, if anything. You, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. I mean, right. life is life is risk. Getting yeah. out of bed is risk. Yeah, you, ta- you take a risk like that all the time. Right. And it's really, you know, there was a study that was done, and they have a, uh, they have a, a TED Talk on it uh, now. And they, uh, they had um, interviewed 30,000 people. It was over a 10-year period. 
and they ask them the question, how do you handle stress? Do you, do you view it as stress as bad or do you view stress as good? And then they followed them up for the next 10 years. And the people that identified that stress was bad for you mm-hmm. had a 47% increase in mortality wow. as compared to those that viewed it as positive. Yeah. You know, when you exercise, it's stressful. When you're yeah. walking, it's stressful, but it feels good. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Some... Right? I mean, anything that anything <laughs> you require. Depends on how fast you're walking. That's right. Exactly. Up 7th Street, that hill. That's a little bit much. The 7th Street Hill. <laughs> Not really a big hill, Mm-mm. but it is to me. <laughs> that is a big hill. And there's no sidewalk there yet. I but know. But it's a nice oh, wide a street. That's a whole yes. nother issue. <laughs> that's a whole nother issue. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're going to take a break. Yeah, I'm going to let you do your show because I know you have guests coming up, Ernie and... Um, and you're not going to stick around, Pam? No, I have to go. I have things to do on a Saturday morning, but I am. Do. I do have to do the news for you here. So I'll okay, be, please do I'll the news. I'll be working on the news, and then you do your show. I'm going to let you. We'll get Ernie on here. It. You'll get, get out there and do the leaves, and with the leaves, John will uh, have I... sports. You know, congratulations to the Maslin Tigers, um, ooh, 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 ooh. and uh, the Perry Panthers. Congratulations to them on a great season. Great season um, for both teams. Yeah, it was that was the dream game that we all. Uh, we're looking forward to, and so now Maslin, as John said in the sports, has to play Cincinnati LaSalle. Wow. Which is a, what did you say, a rematch of the last year's state championship, right, John? Yeah, tall task for them. They uh, lost uh, 34-17 in that game last year. And yeah. I said Pam has her Perry Panther tennis shoes on, but I was corrected. Yeah, because actually my kids went to Sandy Valley, so I'm, I'm a Cardinal for life. Um, but they are my Pittsburgh Marathon tennis shoes they look good they're good shoes they're black and gold they're pittsburgh pittsburgh colors i'm not gonna talk about it i can't with your black sweatshirt stop right now i'm really gonna get listeners angry (laughs) (laughs) all right you have a good show i'm gonna go do the news and uh we will talk again you got it all right (laughs) thank you this is david held it's saturday morning and you're listening to news talk 1480 It's Saturday morning here on WHBC. This is David Held. It's a nice sunny day. It's 50 degrees outside. The leaves look beautiful, and you're probably going to head out there and maybe clean some of those leaves up. And, uh, you know, when we look at everything that's going on in life, we want to find ways, healthy ways to manage our stress. Is stress a good thing or is stress a bad thing? We're going to be talking later about a study that was done at Stanford University, and it says that uh, how you view stress is most important. If people actually embrace the concept of stress, it can make them stronger, smarter, and happier, a Stanford expert says. That's Kelly McGonigal. And when we're talking about stress and ways to manage stress, we have one of our local business owners Ernie from Ernie's Bicycle Shop. He's going to tell us uh, what his thoughts are on managing stress and how he's in the business of helping people do that. Ernie, how are you doing today? I am doing great, David, and good to talk to you. Nice to talk to you, too. And I'll tell you, you've got a great business. If you want to get out today and ride a bike, you've got plenty of trails near your three stores in Stark County. Uh, You've got a philosophy 
we were talking about that uh, yesterday. What's your philosophy on on riding bicycles? Well, our our thing when you have stress in your life, uh, our slogan is "Go for a ride and everything will be okay." And uh, and we truly believe that. Uh, you know, with everything going on in the world today, uh, just getting out on a bike and uh, away from all the <laughs> and no offense, all the media. Yes, uh, that's right. <laughs> you know, it, we, we need to push ourselves away from that some because it will drive us crazy otherwise. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And see, that's so, the thing is you got to have positive things. Um, yes. I mean, and, uh, and we are fortunate in our area to have uh, the number of trails that we do. Uh, we have a river that flows through our county, so you can go kayaking and canoeing. You can do a lot of bike riding. You can walk the dog, and you don't have to... Uh, you know, drive for miles and miles to get to those amenities, and we're we're very fortunate uh, to have those in our area. Now, now, uh, Ernie, you're seeing a, a change in the bicycle market, right? Um, you don't have a whole lot of bikes for sale right now, right? Right. The two things happened, Dave. Uh, when the the pandemic hit, uh, a lot of factories, of course, shut down, so it really disrupted the supply chain of bikes coming in. And at that same time, of course, a lot of people <laughs> wanted to get out on bikes. Uh, so those two factors contributed to a very big shortage, not only in bicycles, but in bicycle parts. So uh, it, even though we have been extremely busy this year, a lot of repair work, uh, sales were good this year, but getting those products into our store has been uh, a challenge for us. And uh but but we're getting there and uh and we're getting as many people out on on two wheels as we can and uh just keep plugging away. Well, you know Ernie, uh, if you remember, the gosh, it was probably I think about 10 years ago. Uh, uh it was it was probably 7 years ago. My son and his uh his high school buddies at the time, they wanted to ride up to Cleveland. They were going to start at Ernie's bike shop over there in Maslin and yep. they were going to ride the trails all the way up to Cleveland. And uh, they asked if I wanted to join them, but his buddies were concerned I couldn't make it, right? <laughs> and of confidence there, huh? Right. They said I couldn't make it. And I'm like, hey, I'm an ex-college wrestler. I'm not going to have any problem with oh, this. No. <laughs> oh, of course not. No problems here. And so to make sure that I had the optimum advantage, I went to your store and asked you, what is the best bike that you have? And you said, you can use mine. So I used your bike, right? It had the thin tires, the racing tires. I mean, I was I was prepared for success. Right. And and they were riding mountain bikes. They yeah. had you know, the big, fat, knobby tires, which do not move as efficiently along the long trails, right? Exactly. And they had a, you had a speedometer on there, and I noticed these young men were way ahead of me. They were going like uh, 17 miles an hour and... And I was barely like at 15, and, and I thought, uh, this is going to be a story of the tortoise and the hare. <laughs> right? Yeah, when they stop to take a break, you catch up. And I catch up, right? And, and they're, uh -huh. they're going to burn themselves out. They're right, going to burn right. themselves out. And you know what? That didn't happen. They did not get burnt out. They kept going and going, and I kept fading and fading until we got to Peninsula. And it was really hot out that day, and I got into the little air-conditioned uh, ice cream store, yeah. and yeah. I didn't leave. My trip was done. <laughs> my trip was done. I called for someone to come. I called my daughter and said, you got to come pick me up. 
my ride is done. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, when it, when it doesn't uh, bring you any fun at a certain point, then it's time to maybe call it quits, you know? Yeah, they, 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 it was like the Energizer Bunny. They kept going and going and oh, going. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot to be said for youth, you know? My gosh, yes. And, and I blamed it on my tendon, okay? Oh, there you go. My tendon. It was my tendon. But you know what? Something is like uh, you had Commissioner Ray, uh, Richard Regula. He rides daily, and yeah. uh, but but you really have to do it. You can't just jump into it overnight. If you haven't been exercising, you know, even if you're uh, you've been a great athlete when you were younger, you have to ease back into it, right? Exactly, and and that's I think we talked uh, earlier about people are you know pulling old bikes out of the garage that haven't been ridden for years, and they're bringing them in, and we're you know, rehabbing them and getting them back out. But you're right. They have not ridden these bikes for years and years. And, you know, they hear other people talking about doing 20- or 30-mile rides, whatever, and they think they're going to go out and do that. And you can't do that. You have to start gradually uh, and, and just work your way up because the uh, leg muscles have to be built up and your stamina has to be built up. But if you, you, know, if you stick with it, uh, it does not take long back into the shape you need and you can start doing those 20 mile rides and enjoying them and uh, not coming back in pain, you know, coming, coming back in pain. And you know, the other thing is too, when I was done with that ride, because you have one of those small seats, Ernie. Yeah. I, yeah. That small right. seat was not very good. It right. was like riding a fence post, you yeah. know? And, uh, and then I realized that when you're riding, when you got a small seat, it's really so that you can pedal more efficiently, right? Yeah, and you, if you're doing longer rides, you, you don't have chafing. And uh, that is by far the biggest complaint of, that we get about bike riding is the seat is uncomfortable. And, and we go back to and we tell customers this, that, uh, you know, if you haven't ridden, those butt muscles are going to be tender. And, <laughs> Uh, right. they, and it does. you're right it's true after you ride it, they get they get toughened up and uh you just got to kind of live through that you gotta you have to suck it up is what you're saying exactly right? right you gotta suck it up and but then the other thing it. is it i noticed it. as as the rump was getting uh sore then then of course you shift your weight to the handlebars right and but right. then you get more pressure on the wrist right yeah then your your fingers start to go numb and then Start shaking your fingers to get the blood going again. And, yes, yeah. yes. It's like these multiple points of stress, and you don't realize it when you're just riding a bike casually through the neighborhood. But, you know, if you go on a long ride, uh, you know, I noticed right after about mile 10, you start to you start to recognize that, uh, ooh, this is, uh, there's a little more to this if you're, if you're on a long ride. Yeah, right? and it is, I mean, it's important to get a bike set up for you, you know, the, getting your seat height at the right position and your handlebars at the right position. There's a lot of things you can do if you're if you're riding and you're still having discomfort. There's a lot of stuff you can do to to alleviate that. And uh right. you know, that's what we're we're there for. If you have a, a bike and you're riding and you're having comfort issues, we you know we're very more than happy to give some suggestions and try some things. Well that, I think I think the best suggestion that you've given uh Ernie is that you've really gotta toughen up the rear a little bit you know I mean, yeah, yeah. Like... well everybody the first thing everybody wants to do is yeah get a great big cushy seat and it does it feels great when you sit on that but like you were saying if you're doing longer rides then that isn't really the, the it's not the answer, answer you know it is not the answer yeah. now now one of the other activities that you offer is the canoe livery right correct 
Yes, at our Maslin shop. We have a canoe livery there, yes. And that is, and, and I've been with my family numerous times. Yep. Um, and we love it. I mean, it is a, it is so peaceful and so relaxing. Yeah, and it's, it, you know, a lot of people don't even, they, they drive over the river, you know, they go across Route 21 Bridge or wherever they're driving, and they don't even think about it. But, yeah, there's a, there's a whole other world underneath that bridge. And uh, it, it is nice because you can get on there and you feel like you're, out in the wilderness. Yes. Yes, I felt like I was, you know, a new world explorer. I mean, you're you're just, it's nice, it's quiet, it's peaceful. Yes. You know, until your children are in the other canoe and they start trying to splash you and then the the canoe flips over, you know. Sounds like you need to start doing things on your own here. Exactly. (laughs) You know, it's like, uh, kids, this is going to be a family outing. I didn't feel like... Lifting the canoe out of the water in the muddy bottom, you know, yeah. the whole, it was, and of course they just thought that was the greatest thing, but. Right. It, oh it, yeah. <laughs> well, if nothing like that happens, then you'd have nothing to talk about. Right. Nothing you know? to talk about. Nothing right. to talk about. But it's, uh, I'll tell you, you have a very impressive business and the good well, thing is. That. Yeah. You're, you're, you're changing the lives of people. You're getting yeah. people out. And, and I saw one of, uh. Uh, you know, one of the people that uh, is a part of, uh, you know, your trail riding program, he, um, and, and he, I believe he's retired, he had uh, committed to riding a mile for every Vietnam veteran that had lost their life in, in Ohio, right? And yeah. It was over 3,000 miles that he yeah. rode. And, and he is actually now at somewhere around 6,000 miles. He kind of blew by that and just kept right on going. So, yeah. That's amazing. It, it's his his life. <laughs> it's, in, it's incredible. And uh, so if you have people uh, that they're listening to the program right now and they're thinking, you know, I need to get out, I got to start exercising, they can walk, they can ride a bike, they can canoe. What, what would you suggest that they do and, and how, what kind of services uh, are, can you offer? One thing that we do, because bicycles, uh, like everything else, they're not cheap. Uh, and we do rent a lot of bikes at our Maslin shop. So what we will recommend a lot of times is just, you know, come down and rent one for an hour or two and, and maybe try a couple different oh, bikes yeah. out and see what works best for you. Uh, you know, try before you buy. Because uh, we hate to have people come down and and buy a bike and then, you know, two weeks later it's, we, they discover that is not what the, they were yes. hoping for. Yes. So, uh, you know, we, we offer test rides and uh, we have rental bikes. So you can make a, a better decision on what type of bike. No, that's so that, bike. you don't have Our to make the big investment. Is, what's that? You don't have to make the big investment. Right, yeah. And you can and, still and enjoy it. works at our shop, I mean, they, we all ride. We all, you know, get outside. We're not just uh, talking to talk. So, right. uh, you know, any of our shops, the, the, the crews that we have are, are all awesome, and they are more than happy to help you out and make that proper decision. Well, you know, the the last uh, bicycle that I bought from your shop, actually, was it was in the North Canton store. And I went in there to take uh, one of our bikes in to get uh, repaired. And I was looking at the unicycle that was hanging on the, uh, on the you know, from the ceiling. And, right. uh, and the young kid that was working there, he's looking at me, looking at the unicycle. He goes, so do you want to get it for your kid? And I said, no, I think I'm going to get it for myself. And he started laughing, right? And and so, but he didn't know that I learned to ride a unicycle back in seventh grade. 
right? Uh, okay, and it's one of those things you can't teach it, you can't figure out how you do it, but you're still able to do it. So here is this, uh, at the time I was 54 years old, and I said, why don't you get it down? He goes, are, are you sure you want to do that? And I said, yeah, bring it down. So so I got on it and, you know, gave a little zip through the store. Nice, nice. Impressed the young kids. And uh, I said, I need that other unicycle with the fatter tire, you know, because I started That's with right. a thin one. I'm a little heavier now, right? So that fat tire unicycle, I still have it. I use it for exercise. And, uh, you know, it's... Uh, it's a nice thing. I like oh, it. Yeah, they're, they're definitely conversation starters, and uh, that's something that I was never able to master. I know when I was in about seventh grade, I went to school with a kid that used to deliver newspapers on a unicycle, which was oh my God. pretty impressive. Yeah, the one thing about the unicycle is it doesn't coast, you know? It's uh, like no, you, you got to just keep you, pedaling. Yeah, you have to be pedaling, yes. So a unicycle ride is not very far. You go down to the corner of the street, which is, you know, on my street is not that far, and you've got a full workout after about four minutes. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, uh, well, Ernie, I'll tell you, you've you've got a great business. You're making a big difference here in Stark County. And, again, uh, let, let the people know what is your philosophy your business it's, philosophy and your life philosophy. Go for philosophy. a ride and everything will be okay. Go for a ride and everything will be okay. Well, yep. Ernie, it's been great having you on the program. Keep the business rolling and keep people exercising. Oh, and, we will certainly do that. All right. Thank you for coming on the program, Ernie. All right. Thank you, David. Have a great day. You too. Ernie's Bicycle. If you want to get out, you want to do some exercising, bicycles can be an expensive investment, especially because the demand for bikes are going up. And uh, the uh, and obviously the availability is not very high right now, but uh, you could get over to Ernie's Bike Shop and you can rent a bicycle, rent it for an hour, test it out, ride it, and uh, or if you want to go for a canoe ride, you can do that too. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit later here, just after the hour. We're going to be talking with Alex Zumbar. Alex Zumbar is the Stark County Treasurer. He survived his election. He's back in the saddle, and he's got a lot of great things that are going on with the land bank, and we're going to talk about that when we come back. This is David Held, Saturday morning, 52 degrees, nice and sunny. It's News Talk 1480. I don't want this It's Saturday morning here at WHBC. This is David Held, and uh, it is a beautiful, beautiful Saturday. It's 53 degrees outside, so it's nice and cool, but it's also very sunny outside. And you take a look at the leaves, beautiful, beautiful time uh, right here in northeastern Ohio. All the leaves are coming down, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that want to get those leaves up so they don't destroy the lawn. And you can take it to a number of leaf recycling drop-off points. Uh, but, you know, when we're looking at what's going on in the county, we had a number of changes in elective office this past, uh, this past election. But there is one elected official who is still in place, and that is our Stark County Treasurer, Alex Zumbar. And, Alex, you survived and you won. Great job. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate that. I also appreciate the support of my campaign from all the Stark County voters and my campaign team that successfully helped 
launch another four years for me in office. Another four years. So Stark County Treasurer, Alex, and and you've had a you know you've had a history of public service. So you started out in Alliance. Well, I remember, gosh, it was back when I first met you. This is when you were running for uh, county office, and I was running for county office, and that was twenty five years ago. Uh, we both ran at the same time, and we both lost at the same time for different positions, right? <laughs> that's, that's <correct. laughs> well, I mean, I able to successfully uh, return to the county, however, and uh, I certainly uh, uh, appreciated uh, all the support when uh, when it got me back into office. So, well, and that's the thing, you know. It's like if you're gonna if you're gonna you know step out to do anything, whether it's elective office, you know, sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. But in this case, you won your last race, and you're back in the saddle for another four years. You're the Stark County Treasurer, and uh, so as the treasurer, really, what does the Stark County Treasurer do? What's your primary responsibility? Great question. Uh, this. The Stark County Treasurer is going to be your chief investment officer of the county. Uh, I've uh, successfully managed more than $900 million in revenue annually here for the county. Uh, and it's a lot of money. Every, a lot of money, yep. Account for every cent, every penny. Uh, safety, liquidity, and uh, earning a market rate of return on the county's money are my primary responsibilities. Um, I'm Technically, the cash manager of the county, the treasurer's responsibility is to collect all payments, including real estate taxes, manufactured home taxes, as well as the vendors, cigarettes, sales taxes, dog license fees, you name it. It all comes into our office, and we must manage that daily and make sure it's deposited daily with the bank, uh, which is uh, where it all needs to go to. So. Uh, we can invest that fund uh, and make sure that the county is going to earn interest where it can. Uh, we do uh, daily financial statements uh, of the deposits, and they're sent to the county auditor. Uh, the treasurer will also serve on the budget commission, the board of revision. The and when you, when you say the board of revision, Alex, that's when... If there's a resident or a business owner that is not pleased with their property tax appraisal, let's say that it went up higher than what they thought it should be, right? What they they can they can take action. And yeah, their value their value. If they disagree with their value, they have the opportunity to challenge their valuation. The valuation is all handled through the county auditor's office. That's his role and function uh, with the county as the chief assessor and uh, you as a citizen and homeowner property owner have the right to challenge the value uh, if you disagree with the auditor's opinion of value so there's i mean there are obviously thousands and thousands of of properties throughout stark county and uh and we all we you know everybody that owns uh, any property will pay property tax and, there's a hundred, yeah. There's over 199,000 parcels in Stark County, so wow. it's um, it's well, certainly important for you as a property owner to review your property record card and make sure it is accurate. Sometimes right. there uh, can be uh, mistakes or errors made, mm-hmm. uh, 
um, if you don't review your property record card and uh, make sure that it is accurate. And it's your responsibility as a property owner to review that annually and notify the auditor's office if you feel there is some inaccuracy or an issue. Well, you know, and you know what's uh, interesting, Alex, is that, uh, you know, it's so important to make sure that you're being, uh, you know, that, that you're taking care of the public's money, which you do a great job. And I think that is, you know, what's most impressive is I think you are the first elected official that I've ever uh, come across that was elected to office. And then there was, a, you know, you, you were removed due to like a, a technical issue, right? And then you had the opposite party reappoint you. So the Democratic, you had ran and won uh, the election for Star County Treasurer, right? This is a number of years ago. And then uh, due to uh, a clarification in the rules, you were removed, right? Not because of you you doing anything. It was just a, a part of the process, correct? And um, uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, the the. The problem that came about was uh, due to the fact that the prior treasurer that had served for many years uh, was removed mm-hmm. by the county commissioners at the time. Mm-hmm. Because they had, say, had problems. He had problems in his office, right? And- oh, absolutely. There was a $2.964 million theft in office, and as a result of that, the commissioners... Uh, sought to have a hearing and move forward with removing that county treasurer at the time. And because of that, uh, each party moved on and selected their uh, respective nominees basically to ultimately uh, run for uh, that particular office, fill the seat, and make sure that the continuity of government continues because the county treasurer's office is one of the most important functions in government. Revenue must come into the county. Every penny must be accounted for. And if it is not, and you have a situation that people are not competent in that particular office. You're going to have problems. You can have major, major problems because people, quite honestly, they don't trust the individual there, they're not going to pay their funds. Or- Absolutely. Trust is the most important. And so you, so you were, uh, you ran uh, for the position, right? And, um, and you were now the new Stark County treasurer, correct? And then what, what happened that, that, uh, that, that caused you to be pulled out? The Supreme court, uh, heard arguments regarding the removal of the prior treasurer, and the prior treasurer was actually uh, successful in that challenge, and I was removed from office through no fault of my own by what is known as a quo warranto. And uh, because of that, it's rarely used, but when it happens, it's historic. And the sitting treasurer was actually removed from office after was duly elected, and that was me. And I was out of a job, and I had served uh, prior to that as the finance director for the city of North Canton, earning a 
a much much greater salary. Right, that's right. And that's when I when I was mayor there you were serving as the finance director and you left that job. You went down and and you ran for the Star County Treasurer and then you won. Then they removed you due to a you know, a technical issue in the process, but this is what is most important is that now uh you ran as a Republican and then the Democratic Party had now the ability, the authority to appoint a person to the treasurer's position. And they appointed you as a Republican. You were yeah. the Republican and they, the Democratic Party, it was really, a, I was uh, I was very impressed uh, with the party leadership, the Democratic Party, because they knew it was all about integrity and you were serving in that position and you were serving well and they appointed you as a as a treasurer and you've been there ever since that is correct uh and my tip of the hat to the democrat party for reappointing me to the county treasurer role and uh certainly appreciate their uh trust and confidence in my ability to perform the job as treasurer of stark county so what I'd like to do, Alex, if you can just uh, if you can stay with us, we're going to take a quick break. And then when you come back, we'd like to hear about the land bank, the Stark County Land Bank. If you could just touch on that uh, for us. And uh, so if you could stay with us, uh, this is Saturday morning. It is 53 degrees. This is David Held. Saturday morning. This is David Held. It is 54 degrees outside. Nice and sunny. It's a beautiful day. You can get out there, take a walk, rake some leaves. We've got Alex Zumbar, the Star County Treasurer, on the line. And uh, Alex, I just got a text from Lou Giavasis. Lou has been a long, long term serving uh, elected official, Plain Township trustee. He recently uh, lost his position as uh, clerk of courts, but he just texted me to tell you that you are doing a great job. And uh, I enjoyed, uh, and, you know, Lou and I have worked so hard to bring technology to the county and avail it so that the public has opportunities to pay their fines, fees, taxes, whatever, sewer, water bills. Uh, Lou and I had a joint project together. Um, that is truly government in action. That's what you want from your elected officials, of uh, Democrats, Republicans, independents, all working together. Absolutely. The- you got, you got to have people working together for the greater good of the people yep. that we serve. And you see that a lot in local government. I mean, local government, you have to work together public service that's what we signed up for and we get the report card every four years or however often that you got to run and you either get the thumbs up or you get the thumbs down and it may not even be because um of your abilities qualifications whatever you could be uh, a long time serving uh public service uh person and it just happens. It happens. I mean, my gosh, I served North Canton 14 years as mayor, and then I lose the last election. It's just the way it yep. goes. It's uh, so, so some races you win, some you lose. A lot of different factors, but, 
you know, you just, uh, you know, you take your licking and keep on ticking, as they used to say in the old Timex commercial. I, I think we'll see. I think we'll see Lou. Uh, he'll bounce back. Um, this is a gentleman that certainly understands the role of public service, and I think in the future he uh, will reappear. And I wish him uh, absolutely all the best. And I'm going to miss seeing his face. Uh, in our building. Yeah, Lou is going to be around, you know. He's got a he's yep. got a great uh, personality, has a desire to serve the public and uh and you know, he'll he'll be serving the community in one capacity or another. Now, Alex, uh, real quick, we've got the Hall of Fame and uh you're using land bank money and you've torn down a lot of vacant houses over there, over 80 homes, right? And that's in partnership with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, yes, uh, we uh, the land bank, uh, the Stark County Land Realization Corporation is its formal name. Uh, we entered into an agreement with the Hall of Fame Village LLC, mm-hmm. no different than what we've done uh, for the past several years uh, with their demolition programs to kind of reset uh, the table, if you want to say that as a term, uh, help assist uh so Not it's really now. taken the it's taken the property like blighted property or vacant homes. You tear those down, and then it it really rejuvenates the 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 property, and and then and then people can pay more in property tax. That's right? correct. We're going to try and re- reinvigorate that area uh, where we're knocking down the houses, and at least put that property back into productive use. At the end of the day, that is the goal. Uh, if we are able to accomplish that. Um, we're helping several things. We're going to stabilize the neighborhood. We're going to certainly uh, get that property back into a tax-paying status, uh, which helps the schools and all the other subdivisions on whose behalf we're collecting the funds for. And which, which is what, which is what the county needs, right? Hey, Alex, we're going to have to run here. I appreciate the work you're doing, and uh, and the, especially the work with the land bank and keeping uh, you know all of the public's money safe in Stark County. Thank you for being on the program this morning. Oh, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Anytime. Okay, we will talk again. This is David Held, Saturday morning, WHBC. Saturday morning with David Held. It's 55 degrees outside, and uh, people are out there doing some yard work, doing a lot of things, maybe cleaning out your garage. Uh, And we know that when the weather is warm, do you know what happens at the recycling drop-offs, John? We get a lot of people taking their recycling. So those recycling bins begin to overflow Mm -hmm. on Saturday and Sunday. So we usually... uh, you know, at the at the Stark Tuscarawas Wayne Recycling District, they start to double up on yeah. the collections, and uh, the biggest problem that we have at the collection sites, aside from people dumping garbage, which we don't like, if anyone's dumping garbage at a recycling bin, we don't like it. Do not do that. But the highest volume that is collected at a recycle bin, any guess what that is? The highest volume of, like, material? Highest volume of material. you got paper, plastic, glass, aluminum, metal cans. What do you think is the highest volume? Say aluminum cans. No, actually, it is cardboard. Hmm. Cardboard. Any guess why cardboard is so high? Well, I know that you would 
asked me this earlier. You didn't tell me the answer to it, but you had asked me this earlier, and, and I felt that it was because of the overuse of cardboard for shipping everything. Yes. Like that, you know, we get a HelloFresh box. It's in cardboard. We get an Amazon box. It's in cardboard. We get a Target box. It's in cardboard. Everything is in cardboard. And it so is. you're watching the volume of cardboard goes up and up and up. And uh, we're going to get one of our recycling drivers who's on the front lines, Carl McKimmy. Can we get Carl on the line? Yeah. Is Carl there? He's here. Carl. Good morning. How are you doing? Good, David. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So you guys are working extra shifts here on Saturday uh, because, probably because of the cardboard, right? Yeah, what we do the weekends, we get higher volume because more people are off work. So Friday, Friday afternoon, Friday night, Saturday, and even Saturday to Sunday, that's our highest volume days. So we basically run seven days a week. Every site gets hit every day. And then on the weekends, a lot of sites get hit twice, twice on Saturday and twice on Sunday because the volume is so high. Wow. And and we've got uh, new recycling drop-offs out of Jackson Township, four new sites. How are those sites yes, coming along? They're coming good. Uh, a couple of them are a little slow moving right now. We got uh, the Jackson Barnes, what we're calling it, up there by the high school. Mm -hmm. And we got the Jackson Middle School on Mudbrook. We got the Real Hope Church almost on the corner of Strasser and 241. And then we have a site back at Strasser Elementary. Uh, okay. So, yeah, you've got, uh, you've got Strasser Elementary where it's a public drop-off. So if any residents are out in that... You know, north, uh, it'd be the northwest section of the county up in Jackson Township, Strasser Elementary. You can take all of your recycling there. You have the Real Hope Church, which is right right near that intersection, right, of Wales and uh, Strasser, right? Uh, you can take your material there. Now, uh, when you're talking, Carl, as far as volume, what what is, uh, you know, the largest volume is the cardboard, right? And how is oh, that? Oh, by far, the yeah. cardboard. And like with right now, I mean, the pandemic's probably making more people buy on Amazon, Walmart.com, Target. So we get a lot of boxes, you know, daily. But the problem is when the public drops them off, we'd really appreciate it if they break them down. That way there's more room in the bin. Because we go to a lot of sites, they look like they're really full. But you put a TV box in there, a patio furniture box, and a couple of things, it looks like it's full, but it's really not. There's all that empty space, you know, that could be used. Right. So, so if, really they, if they can take, like, a pair of scissors or a knife and and uh, yeah. cut it up so that it – because when you take the cardboard and you put it in the bin, it just expands, right? Yes. It takes up a lot of room if you don't break down the boxes. Yeah. And how about the uh, – and, and really, you're responsible for picking up most of the paper and the cardboard uh, – you get, the new bins, are they making a difference? The new decals? Oh, they made bins? a big difference. Uh, for for the most part, my cardboard paper, that's what I do every day. My uh, The amount of contamination is probably under 5%. The, the plastic bottle, glass, and aluminum metal cans, they had most of the contamination. But with our new decals, mm -hmm. people starting to see it. You know, only we're taking less things now. Uh, we don't want them in bags. So everything's a lot cleaner now since we've changed all our signage. So it was like uh, we, it was like sixty-five percent contamination with the metal, uh, plastic, glass. the The cardboard's always been clean, right? And the and the paper said so like it's it's been very clean. But here's the thing: like when you're at home, I separate all my stuff at home. I have all my boxes broke down, my paper separate, my plastic bottles. So when I go to my recycle drop off by my house, I'm in and out. Throw the cardboard in, the paper, my plastic uh, bottles, glasses. 
I'm gone. A lot of people bring everything together, and what happens is when they're sorting them, they put everything in one drum, and then sometimes when they dump the cardboard in, there might be a couple bottles and some plastic bottles. That kind of gets it a little contaminated. Yeah, so so if the residents can separate it at home, it's going to be a lot easier once they get to the drop-off. And you folks are collecting uh, seven days a week, 365 days a, where, uh, a year, including Christmas, Thanksgiving, right? Because people Every day keep we recycling. run every day. You know, one of the other interesting points, too, Carl, is that if you look at the Bureau of Labor Statistics and the 10 most dangerous jobs, right, um, you've got uh, number five is waste and recycling collectors. And uh, they're saying that's because of the heavy equipment. I mean, you're driving a 40,000-pound truck with those big packers, and so you got to be careful. Um, Be very careful, correct. And you got the residents that are, you know, constantly rolling in and out. So normally you guys try to get an early start, right? Yeah, we get an early start, but I'm heading in here in about an hour. I'm running an afternoon shift, so that's when I run into a lot of the public. You just got to watch for people walking behind you, flying in the parking lot. Just take your time and be courteous. I try to stay out of their way. And, and encourage that recycling, right? Perfect, exactly. Encourage right. that and recycling. Thing I want to add, David, yeah. with with the season changing and the leaves coming down, we mm-hmm. got multiple yard waste drop-offs throughout Star County. And you can go to our website at timetorecycle.org to find, like, the hours and where the exact address. But a lot of people now, when they're closed, they're taking – you've had bags of leaves thrown in some of the bins. We're trying to discourage that. So do not put your leaves – do not put your leaves in the recycling bins, the recycling material. Take it to a leaf drop-off location yes. right and the contamination's going down and you guys are staying on top of it and uh which makes a big difference i mean you're working yeah, hard our, our new decals made a big difference it helped out a lot well carl it's been great having you on the program keep up the good work keep serving the public and it's a beautiful hey, day out uh, outside today get out there get those uh, recyclables dropped off and carl will be in the truck picking it up throughout star county today carl thank you for coming on the program All right, David. Thank you. Enjoy your day. Okay, you too. This is David Held, and you're listening to News Talk 1480 WHBC. When we come back, we're going to touch on the last thing we will touch on is the 10 most dangerous jobs. David Held, 1480 WHBC. It's Saturday morning. 1480 WHBC. This is David Held. And uh, we're taking a look at uh, the people that are out there working. We've got a lot of essential workers that have been working, and some people have been working from home, and a lot of different jobs out there. You know, you're looking at the 10 most dangerous jobs in America. This is according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. You've got a lot of people that are out there taking on a lot of risk. You know, uh, these people are not living in fear because their job is important and a lot of courageous people. So when we look at the top 10 most dangerous jobs, the uh, number 10 is first line supervisors and landscapers. So landscaping is actually a dangerous job. You know, you're dealing with equipment and um and really, it's the transportation of the equipment that uh, becomes a problem. Number nine is uh, the construction trades and extraction workers. And again, it comes back to working with heavy equipment and the transportation. Number eight is structural 
iron and steel workers. So the steel workers that are going way up in those buildings. And, uh, of course, the number one uh, challenge that they have are falls and slips. And uh, then at number seven, farmers and ranchers and agricultural workers. That's number seven for the 10 most dangerous jobs. And uh, that entails the transportation again. It's transporting that equipment, moving equipment. Uh, number six, if you are a driver of any kind, driving a semi, driving a delivery vehicle, or if you're a salesman that puts a lot of miles on the road, uh, there is it's a high-risk job. That's number six in the 10 most dangerous jobs, and that's due to transportation incidents. And then there's a big jump here. Number five is refuse and recycling material collectors. And again, it's working with the heavy equipment uh, that is a big, big challenge. Uh, roofers, that's number four, working on a roof and, of course, falls and slips. Number three is aircraft pilots and flight engineers. I mean, you're going up on the plane, and that is, uh, it's not the takeoff that's the problem. It's the landing that is the problem. Number two, 10 most dangerous jobs, fishermen, fishing men, fishing women, uh, fishers and related fishing workers. And again, that's just being out in the ocean there. And, and uh, you know, you see that uh, deadly sea program that, uh, you know, that's a lot of risk in itself. So the number one most dangerous job. Any guess what that might be, John? Number one most dangerous job, and I'll give you a hint, leaves. Leaves. And it's not raking leaves, it's not sucking leaves up, but leaves come from a tree. Oh, so like a, um, what would you call that? Like a... a Logger. Yeah, a guy who chops down trees. A guy who chops I, I, I down know, trees. A tree, a tree chopper. That is the number one. I don't think that's the technical term for it. What do you do in life? I'm a tree chopper. I'm a tree chopper. That's kind of a tongue twister, but it's logging workers. Logging workers, uh, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, it is the most dangerous job uh, in America as far as, uh, you know, injury and and, uh, mortality. And it's really coming in contact with objects, which would be a tree and uh, an equipment. So we want to give a special shout out to all of our frontline workers, our police, fire, EMS, anybody, uh, the people that are working in our grocery stores, you know, all of our essential workers that uh, are producing. They're producing during this uh, pandemic and you're keeping life moving. If it wasn't for you folks, we wouldn't have electricity. We wouldn't have food. We wouldn't have toilets flushing. We wouldn't be able to survive. So we want to thank everybody out there that's working hard, producing. And uh, we know that people get fearful, but it's the courage that helps us overcome. So we want to thank you for being with us here this morning. It's 56 degrees. It's nice and sunny. And we want you to enjoy this Saturday. And this is David Held. Enjoy the weekend.